Well, good. Good evening to you. Hope your week's going well. Got some uh, governor-elect uh, LePage signs back there. Feel free to grab one of those on the way out. And uh, some people get, uh, you know, they get a little bent out of shape if uh, they feel like we're promoting one candidate over another. And I, I guess, uh, in my mind, if 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 someone is 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 for um, terminating babies in the womb and uh, and celebrates uh, different levels of perversion, then I'll take the other guy. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> and so there are signs back there if you want to grab one of those. If you don't want one, that's fine, too. I think they'll go pretty quick, though. Um, so let's go to the Bible, uh, Judges chapter 8. Judges chapter 8. Judges chapter 8. And just want to look at this... Uh, concept here. I was, I was going to keep moving because it's, it's, it's in the middle of a passage we've already covered, but the Lord just kept bringing me back to it. And, and you know how it is. I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're serving the Lord and if you're speaking for the Lord, you want to obey him and what he tells you to do. And so he told me to speak on this, uh, on this word tonight. And uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're used to trying to discern God's voice, you know what I mean by that. I mean, he didn't he didn't audibly say that to me, but it's it's almost the same thing, you know. Um, when he, you know, you know what it's like, right? If, uh, if he's told you to do something, um, so some people, if you if you say that to them, you know, God told me to do something, they they think that's weird, but you know, it's it's not weird, right? It's walking with the Lord. You, you know how it works. All right, so uh, we're in Judges chapter eight, and. I think what's happening here, do we have, uh, do we have Wi-Fi technology? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to have to uh, speak just from the verse tonight. I, had a, I did have uh, I had some notes there, but normally, normally it just syncs. This syncs with, my, with my, uh, my laptop. I use word processor, and I have them all s- sunk together. Is that... Yeah, it's sunk. It's sunk. That's what happened tonight. It sunk. Um, and they're supposed to just kind of get up here and it just somehow, you know, I don't know how it all works, but it just comes to my laptop. And I've gotten kind of used to that. But if the Wi-Fi is not working, then I'm not working there either. All right. So if you look at this phrase, this is great. It says there in verse uh, uh, 12, it says, And when Zeba and Zalmunna fled, he pursued after them, and took the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmunna, and look at this, it says, and discomfited, and discomfited all the host. And that's, that's the, the concept I kept coming back to there, and God was convicting me with, does, does my life discomfit the enemy? In other words, am I representing uh, God in such a way, like, like Gideon evidently was here, that the enemy could not be at ease around him? Right? The enemy was not going to be comfortable at this point being around Gideon and his host, were they? Now, they were. They were for, they were for a while. Um, you know, if we're, if we're afraid, if we're afraid... That's not going to discomfort the enemy. As Christians, if we live in fear, if we're living in, in, in unbelief, 
lacking uh, of trust for God, we're timid in our Christianity, we're fearful, we're afraid, then certainly, you know, there was plenty, there was plenty of people in the land at that time that were supposed to be God's people that were afraid. And it says that they were living up, uh, you know, they were living up in the caves and, and uh, they, were, they were afraid of the Midianites. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of other things that would keep us from discomforting the enemy too. Let's have a word of prayer that the Lord will help us uh, with these truths and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk from God's word. Lord, I just pray that you'd help me now to communicate these things clearly, Lord. And we thank you for um, how you uh, bless us and how you work in our lives in so many ways. And uh, Lord, we just want to uh, um, uh, honor you, live for you, and please you uh, during these days. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If we're apathetic, that's not going to dis discomfort the enemy. That's for sure. Uh, you know, the enemy is fine if we're living in apathy. If we're, if we're afraid, if we're afraid, he's fine with that. If we're apathetic, he's fine with that. Uh, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there was plenty of apathetic people there. I mean, even, even the ones who, who were called, you know, to, to go and be a part of the army and had kind of, kind of volunteered for that, they, they showed a certain amount of apathy when they weren't on guard during that little test that was given there to, to go get, you know, go take a drink. And they just kind of apathetically, without regard for the fact that the, that the, uh, the enemy may be on the prowl, you know, they, they, uh, they just went down there and got a drink of water without being alert, without being vigilant. And... As Christians, we need, to, we need to make sure that we're not apathetic. And apathy is one of those things that can so easily set in. We can't let apathy set in. We can't let the wonders of being a Christian become so normal to us that we just yawn our way through our Christian existence. We can't let that happen. We have to, we have to uh, um, always, whatever the, the Bible says, whatever our hand finds to do, do it what? With all our might, right? Do it heartily, energetically, enthusiastically as unto the Lord. And the more often we think about what our cause is, and the more often we think about who it is we're serving, and the more we think about uh, how he's equipped us and how he's given us the resources to do what he, what he wants us to do, the more that's going to keep us from apathy. And, uh, and so, you know, fear... And apathy are, are, are two killers, you know, for, for, for a Christian, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I just think of that, that, that whole concept of, you know, is the devil at ease when I'm around? Well, it would be nothing for, look, I can't, I can't scare the devil, all right? He, he, I can guarantee you he's not, he's not afraid of you and he's not afraid of me. But if the Spirit of God is within me, like he was, was with Gideon here, if the Spirit of God is with me and... If I'm obeying, if I'm obeying God, um, you know, an, an inactive Christian, one who is, is just, they're, they're, they're disobeying God. Uh, they're not living a life that has, has much regard for obedience. Yeah, I mean, they, they've trusted God for salvation, and, and they would say, you know, I believe I'm going to heaven someday. But as far as any thoughts of, of, of saying, you know, what does God want me to be doing right now in my life? What kind of decisions does he want me to make in, in the battle? Um, you know, there's, there's, there's very little of that going on. Uh, and, and so the devil's not going to be discomfited by that. But you get a spirit-led Christian who's engaged in the battle. 
And that, that, uh, that's going to be a fearsome thing to the devil. You know, he's not going to be interested in that at all. And I was, uh, I was thinking maybe of an illustration for this. And um, I used to love playing basketball. I still, I still like it. I just don't like it as much because I, you know, can't move as much as I used to. But, uh, you know, I remember back when I used to play quite a bit, there were certain defenders that I felt quite at ease with. And there were usually guys that were, you know, pretty, maybe pretty close to my height and, uh, and, 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 you know, maybe, well, it was, it, was, it was pretty difficult for them to be close to my weight back in those days. Um, I think I weighed probably about half as much as I do now, Brother Randy. Remember how skinny I was? In fact, it was your brother once to call me a pencil neck geek. I haven't forgotten that. Uh, <laughs> and compared to him, I guess I pretty much was, you know. Uh, my whole body was about the size of his leg, I think. But uh, yeah, I used to wear those, uh, I used to wear dark blue Levi corduroys. And I think they had about five corduroys on them. I was so skinny there. But um, anyways, you know, so, but I could play basketball in, in a little bit. And, and, you know, guys are about, you know, my height, they could weigh a little more. But if I could, if I could kind of, you know, I'd get a feel for them. And I knew what kind of moves to make. On I, I was at ease with, with a, lot of, a lot of defenders. The ones that I was not at ease, I'll, I'll describe basically the ones I wasn't at ease with is short little guys that I couldn't really tell where they were. You know, like a little chihuahua going around your legs there or something, you know, and there's little ankle biters. And, and I knew they were there somewhere, and they usually had, like, really quick hands, you know? So I, I, I couldn't really tell exactly where they were, and when I'd go to make my move, they'd just steal the ball from me. You know, I'd be like, you know, just get a, get a guy my height on me, would you? I don't want to go against this little guy here. He's discomforting me. And then the other guys that discomforted me were the were the... Were the, uh, the the men who weighed about twice as much as me when we played over here in the, uh, in the elementary school. Because those guys knew all the old men tricks. They couldn't keep up with us, all right? They weren't quick enough. They weren't athletic enough. But they just, they just they'd beat us up. And as they were beating us up, they'd call a foul on me. You know, they, they, they'd like, I'd go for a shot, and they'd like hammer me, and they'd call an offensive foul, you know? And they had this thing, this one guy, I won't name his name because a lot of people know who it was. But this one guy, every time I tried to make a move, he would swing down as hard as he could. Just like, boom, you know? And, uh, and then if you ever called a foul, they'd, they'd just, that wasn't a foul, you know? And they'd, like, ridicule you. And maybe I'm being a little sensitive. That's just the way I remember it, right? I was discomfited with, with, uh, with, with that, uh, that, that style of play. Um, and it just kind of, you know, reminded me, or is an illustration of, you know, that whole concept. Look, I want, I want, the, I want the devil... I want the devil, I want to live a life that isn't going to set the devil at ease and just make him feel like he can just do whatever he wants to do in my life and, and with those around me. Um, I, want, I would pray that the devil would be discomfited by our church because we have a vision for people. You know, whatever it is we're putting our hand to here, it, it's, it's for the Lord, it's for the cause, it's for magnifying his name, it's for bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, for them to, 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 to uh, be saved and be baptized and to grow and to, uh, uh, and to go on to reach others. And, you know, we, when we have programs, where we have ministries here, it's not just so that we can, you know, have a list of things to do. It's because we've prayed about it, we've thought about it, how can this fit in to us, you know, representing the Lord Jesus Christ and really assaulting the enemy's kingdom and for them to be discomfited by what we're doing. And, uh, and so I was just, I was convicted by that. And, and just uh, to take a fresh look, you know, um, what was it about my day today that discomfited the enemy? Um, 
was there, was there something about my prayer life that the devil would be, feel threatened by? Was there something about my, my testimony and my resolve to live for him today that he would be threatened by? Was there something of my recognition that I'm not just battling flesh and blood, but there's a bigger picture going on around me? Was there something of my recognition of that that would make the devil uncomfortable? Because, you know, all right, we're on to him, right? <laughs> uh, through the lens of God's word, you know, he's, God has opened us up to the fact that there's more than that's going on that meets the eye. And, uh, and Jesus, you know, I mean, uh, when, when, it's like when, when Peter said something that was dumb and offensive, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, right? Because he realized there was a bigger picture there than going on than just Peter, you know, being impetuous. And look, when you're around people, it's easy, it's easy just to, to, uh, to think in terms of flesh and blood. But you've got to realize that, that the devil is trying to get at you in all kinds of ways. And, uh, and, and so to look, you know, to look beyond and say, all right, um, how is God working in this situation right now, you know, for uh, in this person's life, in my life? Um, it is a struggle. It is a it, it is it is a battle uh, with those things, and uh, and, and discomforting, um, discomforting the the enemy. I wanted to just look and I, and I, I think it was Numbers fourteen. I had it written down, so I wasn't, I wasn't worried about it when I got to it. But um, let's go to Numbers fourteen. It was, if it's not there. Yeah. Okay. Numbers fourteen. If you look at verse 45, Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers ever, said, the, the memory loves to be trusted. And I always thought when I read that quote, well, maybe his, but uh, <laughs> I don't know about mine, <laughs> but I did remember this one. So, um, the Amalekites uh, came down and the Canaanites, which dwelt in, in uh, that hill, and smote them. And look at this, and discomfited them even unto Hormah. Now, the problem, now that, that, that looks great there, but the problem is that here you have the enemy of God's people discomforting God's people. Now, if you know anything about the context of this, this is a remarkable time, and it ended up being one of those, you know, splits in the road for, for the Israelites where they just, they took a big wrong turn here and it took them a long time, you know, to get back. You know, it's like Brother, uh, Brother Randy was talking about, you know, where they got... Uh, right, uh, left, and they took the middle, right? Um, and then they, they, they ended up in a bad place. And it took them a long time to get back to, to the, the road they were supposed to be on. And what, what happened was, you know, they'd sent, they'd sent the, uh, the, 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 the 12 spies in there, and two of them came back with a good godly report based upon what they knew, you know, that God had said to them, and they weren't afraid of what they saw there. But then the whole rest of them came back with a bad report, and, of course, the, 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 the people, they got discomfited right then, and then it just snowballed. It snowballed from there. The people got rattled from the report, and, uh, you know, they started, I mean, think about how bizarre this is after everything God had shown them, you know, to, to deliver them from Egypt, through the Red Sea, and everything. And uh, if you read in this chapter, they want to do several things. They wanted to get a, 
let's get a different leader and we'll go back to Egypt. <laughs> We're going to go back to the place where, you know, they had that army that tried to chase us through the, uh, through the ocean and that God buried. We're going to want to go back there because it just, it just seems like that would be wonderful. Um, they wanted to stone the ten uh, or the two, the, Caleb and Joshua. They wanted to stone them. And they, they, were, they, were, they were complaining a whole bunch. They were just complaining. They were being negative. They were speaking against Moses. They, they, got, they, got, they, got a, uh, they got disillusioned, and they got angry with Joshua and Caleb. And they just started being in the flesh and walking by sight. And guess what? Well, the enemy, now we see the enemy discomforting them instead. You see how it works? We, either we're discomforting the enemy, or the enemy is going to have recourse to, to discomfort us. And uh, unless we're just so apathetic, we're just not really noticing one way or the other, which I guess could kind of happen as well. Um, you know, maybe it's, that's why the Bible says it's better to be hot or cold, right? At least when we're cold, we can see pretty vividly what's happening because uh, here, you know, God was coming and he was giving them a spanking. I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was waking them up. And uh, it was a tragic thing there because it wasn't necessary. If they had just trusted God, if they had just said, you know, by, by God's power, by God's spirit, by God's might, by God's right hand, the one that delivered us from Egypt. You know, we're going to continue in this. No matter what it looks like, we're going to trust him. We're going to go, even if notice that the minority has given us this report, the majority has given us another report. Look, God ultimately has given us the report we're going to go by, and we're going to, go, we're going to stick to that. Then, and we saw later, when they came back to that, who was discomfited? You know, uh, the Israelites or Jericho? Um, and uh, as long as they kept with God's plan, as long as they were led by His Spirit, you know, as long as they were obeying Him, then they had the enemy on the run. But as soon as they started walking by flesh, you know, and getting in the flesh and complaining and, and questioning God's goodness and, and uh, you know, murmuring about leadership and just all that stuff, it's all part of the same ball of wax. It really is. Um, you know, then, then they started getting agitated and the enemy started taking advantage of them. Really, the enemy that has no recourse in our life unless we allow him to. Christian, you're blood-bought by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Almighty One. He is the leader of the God, the Lord of all hosts. If he is with us, who can be against us? Right? Look, the devil has no recourse in our life unless we, unless we allow him to. It's basically by, by invitation of our foolishness that he, that he gets that. And uh, so it's just, that's a very simple message tonight. God will apply it with you however he wants to. God, God will do that. Um, but you know where you are right now, and, and the Lord knows where you are right now. And uh, the Lord knows whether you are, you are truly trusting him and obeying him, and whether you're being discomfited by the enemy or you are on the other hand, uh, by his grace, um, discom uh, uh, discomforting the enemy yourself. And uh, by his grace and by, by his presence. So uh, I hope that was a help and a challenge uh, to you here uh, tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for 